Welcome to another episode of What the Shuck, the podcast. I'm Muddy River Sports Editor Matt Shuckman, and it's time for two big knuckleheads to talk some prep football as we get ready for a Friday night of action as the regular season winds down. And so I'm joined by WTAD Voice of Game Night, David Adam, who is also Muddy River News Editor. What's up, big man? Not much, man. Uh, you know, just trying to trying to keep my head above water, man. There's all kinds of stuff going on around this uh, around this doggone town, and there's you know lots of lots of fingers in the have to be used to plug all the holes in the dike and get all the stories written. Then just busy as, as all get out. That's why I kind of look forward to Friday nights. I get to yeah. change. I get to change gears for at least four hours on a Friday night, and that's cool. True. That's, uh, that is a good thing, and you're right. It is a busy week. A lot going on. We've got. Postseason action on the high school level. Obviously, we had state golf last weekend. We've got regional soccer taking place this week. Uh, sectional tennis. We got uh, cross country. Uh, well, this is this is the time of the year for that. Just all kinds of stuff yeah. going on. This is the time um, of the year that all that all comes to a head, and I think that's what's you know. I was just going to ask you about the state golf. Was there any one particular story that came out of last weekend that was, you know, I mean, you had the the Quincy High girls. For the, at the state tournament for the first time since 1983. By the way, I know this only because I, I, I graduated in 1983. Do you know who the, the, uh, the, the lead player for the uh, Quincy High Girls golf team was that year? Come on. I, I, actually, <laughs> Val, Val Brennan. Val Brennan, that's right. Yeah, She was actually uh, a year younger than me. She went to school with my brother. Yeah, so, uh, so um, the, the neat thing about the state golf tournament was the fact that the Quintet girls got there for the first time in a long time, and they've got some underclassmen. Yes, they had a couple of seniors um, who kind of were the, the the lead horses on this on this drive since they were freshmen, and, and Lacey uh, Novosel and Paige Kane. Mm-hmm. But now you've got some of the younger girls, Saya Geisendorfer, Sophia Gold. So you're starting to see that program build some depth to where this isn't going to be a one-time only situation i'm not going to say they're going to get back there as a team next year because you never know what will happen right but you're starting to see that program kind of come to life well i think also really what, cool what, thing. the notre dame girls uh also made it as a team and they've got a whole bunch of kids back next year so that's a really good thing um and then blake arnold i know he was very disappointed he didn't medal the liberty junior but man he played really well had a couple bad holes um on the second day, that kind of cost him a chance to medal. But Liberty's never had a kid finish higher at the state golf tournament, never had a medalist, and he's going to be primed with one more year to do that. So I, I, mean, I think there's a lot of good storylines to follow as golf kind of winds down this year and then we'll pick up back in the spring um, as we move forward. And and the other, the other part of the side of that is Missouri boys play in the spring. Missouri girls are in the fall. Amira is sending – three girls to the state golf tournament next week. But then in the spring, Hannibal's Quinn Thomas is the defending state champion, and he's only a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, he's he, he's, and, he's, know, and, he's and very talented. Golf, and then one of the other really cool stories taking place right now is Luke Guthrie is playing in the second stage of Corn Ferry Tour qualifying Q school. Um, shot another five under, to, as we taped this on Thursday, shot a, another five under today. So he's moved into the top 10, and if he finishes in the top 19, he qualifies for the tour, uh, the Q School Finals, which gets him his Corn Ferry Tour card for next year. 
And he, because he hasn't had his Corn Fairy Tour card for a while here. Now, I mean, I know he's been playing well, in he, some tournaments. He, he had it. He just he lost it this year because he didn't play very well. Right. Well, because he what did, That's what did why he miss? He's at Q school. Didn't didn't um, he didn't he miss a bunch of cuts in a row? Twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. So, It'd be interesting to hear. I'm I'm just curious. You know, he, he's obviously in a, in, a, in a rare level of golfers uh, across the world. I know some people will go, well, he's not on the PGA Tour. Well, for crying out loud. I mean, the guy's still playing professional golf. But I'm just curious. What, what, what does 23 in a row do for the psyche? I, I said, I said what, 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 did, what does 23 missed cuts in a row do for the psyche? I mean, you know, the fact is you're still not making the cut. I'm just, it'd be interesting to hear from him about that. I, I, I think he summed it up best when he finally broke that streak and made a cut is he says it's not much fun to suck at your job. <laughs> you know, and, and true, when you're going up, that's his job. Professional golf is his job. Yep. And when you, week after week, miss every cut, you're not doing your job very well. And it, it would just be like us, you know, in, in our profession, either writing bad stories or missing the stories. Mm-hmm. So and I'm curious. Eventually, I'm, eventually, you go. Well, if I can't do my job, what do I do next? Well, I think we're seeing that he can still do his job. Yeah, because um, he's playing really well this week. Um, that they will wrap that uh, second stage of qualifying up on Friday. But he's in a he's in a very good position. And the other aspect is, and so the there's there's four sites, five sites, excuse me, um, where the second stage is taking place. Next week in Alabama, uh, Quincy High School graduate Zach Burry is in the second stage of, of Corn Ferry Tour qualifying. And you know, so of all the if he plays well, of all the golf stories that came out of last week, and, and that, you know, including uh, Luke Guthrie and the success of the Quincy High Girls golf team, I just thought it was interesting to see. I don't think it was just local outrage. I think it was even statewide outrage about the way that the IHSA tournament has been changed in recent years to eliminate some of the golfers who get to the state tournament. Um, I'm not sure everybody saw your story about that, but I, I thought it was fascinating to hear some of the coaches say, why are we cutting essentially the bottom 24 people? Well, and, and, and part of that is the interesting part of it, and, and I put that in my story, and I still haven't gotten a good explanation for it. And I went back and looked. So, so this rule came down about cutting, basically the, the Golf Advisory Committee made it, made a decision in 2018 to say, okay, we're going to cut. We're going to cut from 12 teams down to eight, and from 112 individuals down to 72, for the second day of competition at the state tournament. And so in 2019, they did that. And, and they went from 12 to 8 and 112 to 72. 20, in, in 2020, we didn't have a state tournament because right. of COVID. This year, they went from 12 to 18, but they only went from 112 to 88, or in some cases, like in the class 3A boys, about 91 because of time. So you're cutting 24 fewer kids out of a field of 112 and saying, sorry, you can't play the second day. Well, the cut didn't match the rules. So the IHSA advisory committees 
recommendations that were approved weren't were supposed to be at seventy cut to seventy two. Well, they let 88, 89, 91 kids play. So there's there's some discrepancy there to begin with, but hey, it's a state tournament. You shouldn't cut at all. Well, that's my question to you, Matt. Is I mean, you know, by cutting two dozen golfers, are you really saving that much time at a state no. tournament? No, you're not. Because if you look, because and, and there's ways around it. They say they say it's done for a pace of play. That was, and, and you can read it in the the minutes from those meetings. It says right in there. The, the, the decision was made on pace of play to basically so the best golfers aren't standing waiting all the time. Okay. Well, if that's your big concern, like this year, you cut basically you cut six six groups. That's an hour. You saved yourself an hour, basically. Right. What's an hour? So, so I, I don't, I don't understand it. I haven't gotten a good explanation for it. I haven't gotten an explanation for why they cut so few this year compared to twenty nineteen when they they cut what the rules asked them to do. And I think it's a big farce. I, you know, because I just say loves to trump that it's for the kids. That it's all about equality. It's all about fairness. It's not so much about having the best players there or the best teams at the state tournament. It's about providing the most equitable and fair, fair uh, chance across the board. Well, you are equitable and fair, and you you took an opportunity away from kids to play at the state tournament. Yeah, shame on you, IHSA. Hey, Chuck. Before we get into high school football, um, yeah. This is one of the, you know, basically for our listeners, Matt and I, there's, we do about, what, 12 seconds of prep work, and we just call each other and say, well, let's talk. So I'm sitting yeah. here talking to you, but I'm in the studios here at 535 Main. Matt is at home, and uh, our, our fabulous uh, publisher and, and managing editor, uh, Bob Goff, brought in a, a, a new television to our studio uh, this past week, and I happened to be watching the MLB Network. And, you know, while you were talking, all of a sudden something just popped up on the screen, and I want to get your immediate reaction to it. The Cardinals apparently have fired Mike Schilt. What? That's exactly what I thought. I'm sitting here watching Buck Martinez and some other guy and Brian Kenny, and right now on the screen it says, Report, Cardinals dismiss Mike Schilt. Wow, I can't wait to find out more about that. that that's kind of what I said. What there in the world? Um, there are questions about the way he handled some things throughout the year, bullpen and that stuff. But a lot of that is fandom just being fans. Here we go. Right, right now, hey, Shuck. When you don't win games, you question. Yeah, Chuck, I'm reading. I'm reading this right now. Mosaic is being quoted after a successful 2021 season. We have determined that we have a philosophical difference in the direction our major league club is going. We have decided at this time that it is best for us to end our partnership with Mike Schilt. And I'm just sitting there going, "Wow, this is wow, this is way out of left field." Wow, that's out of left field. Did not see that one coming. Yeah, philosophical differences. I'd love to know what those philosophical differences are. Well, you know? my, my former roommate better be on top of it. <laughs> so I can read everything he wants to write about. 
Well, I, plus our own Quincy Hall of Famer might be on top of this as well. I'm just, this is stunning. Yeah. Uh, and, and when I say my former roommate, that would be Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Yeah. Yeah, and when I say so, the Quincy Hall of Famer, I bring up Rick Hummel of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Yeah. My guess is they were thinking, hey, baseball season's kind of over in St. Louis. I haven't had a Friday night out in quite some time. Man, I'm looking forward to the weekend. And now here it is on Thursday afternoon, and it's like, um, guess not, guys, because Mike Schilt wow. just got let go. That, that totally caught me by surprise. Yeah, same with me. Okay, now we've discussed Mike Schilt. Uh, so yeah. the next uh, thing is uh, high school football. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, it's an interesting weekend because it's week eight of the regular season, and you've got some teams fighting for playoff spots. You've got some teams already locked into playoff spots, and you've got some teams battling injuries that put their playoff hopes in jeopardy. And I think across the board, though, the, probably the most intriguing stuff for is at Quincy High, which – they're going to win this week. Yeah. No question that. They're playing a Rock Island Allen team that has scored two touchdowns all season. Right. I mean, they, they, they're, 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 they're in a lot of trouble there at Alleman. Okay. I mean, the football team's so, in trouble. The school's in trouble. It's, it's, yeah. it's going to be – it's been a long year already uh, in Rock Island. Okay. So, Quincy High wins Friday night. The Blue Devils improved to 4-4 four four with that victory. You you're anxious to see what Rock Island does. Rock Island is sitting at four and three. They play Geneseo this week. And Quincy High School goes to Rock Island next week, needing to win to get to five wins and a playoff. Right. That's a tough call. That's a, that's a tough road to go on the road. And Quincy High's been good on the road this year. Yep. But I think I think what you're seeing from the Blue Devils is growth every week. Um, which to me has been impressive with such a young group that when they stub their toe, they haven't fallen back and gone, oh, we're too young or we're not good enough yet or anything. They just plowed through and have gotten better. What did you think about the Geneseo game last week? Because uh, the Blue Devils led early, and then Geneseo was a failed two-point conversion away from taking the lead. But when Quincy needed to move the ball in the final four or five minutes, uh, Aiden Byquist had some big plays and, and kept the ball out of the Maple Leafs' hands. I mean, uh, I know Geneseo is young. I don't think Geneseo's at the, at the bottom of the league. But does that just sort of, for the Blue Devils, count as a, hey, I don't care how you win, just win type game? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think you saw, we talk about growth. The growth of Aiden Byquist has been as impressive as anything for me. Um you look at he's got some some players around him. Gregory Quince is a really good football player. Um, Jack Metemeyer has been a, a, a guy they've gone to in the red zone to catch touchdown passes. Uh, Peyton Weech, a senior, has made big plays on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Ty Douglas is, to me is, is one of the best athletes out there. Mm-hmm. But Aiden, Aiden Byquist has gone from being part of a three man a race to be quarterback to it's my job and I'm going to get better each week and I'm going to find ways to make plays so this team wins. And his confidence has soared as the team's confidence has soared. Yeah. Uh, Quincy Notre Dame uh, lost its third straight last week, Matt, but I'm going to be honest. 
I want to see the, the, the small school team, mind you, the small school yeah. team that can beat Lutheran St. Charles. Holy cow, were they good. I mean, they well, have a, so a di- yeah, Division so, I yeah. level tailback, two Division one offensive, two, two Division one two-way linemen. Um, their quarterback was 6'4", 225. Uh, the, he threw two fly patterns to a, a, a I can't even remember his name anymore um, to a young man who caught two bombs. He just literally just ran down the field and they just oh, just threw it over everybody's head. What a fantastically skilled team! Probably a team that even the best Notre Dame teams in years past weren't going to be able to hang with. I'm just still kind of waiting to figure out. How good at the 3A4 level truly is Quincy Notre Dame? Because the they lost to St. Lutheran St. Charles. Well, holy smoke. That team may go win a state championship in Missouri. Right. They lost to a 5A school in Muhammad Seymour. They've beaten. That's undefeated. It's undefeated in state rank. It's undefeated in state rank. Um, you know, and then you know, they played Alleman. Well, you, you didn't learn anything from Alleman. Marceline is a 1A, 2A school over in Missouri. The only real team that the Raiders have played at what I would consider their level of competition is Breeze Modern Day. And right. the Raiders didn't play well, but I believe the Raiders could beat Breeze Modern Day. In fact, I would say right now, based on that one game I saw, Notre Dame would probably still win three out of ten against them and 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 who knows maybe they were just historically bad that night but modern day's good but they're not that much better than notre dame and that notre dame finishes the season with zero and six granite city and zero and six or i'm sorry zero and seven granite city zero and seven alton marquette i'm not really sure if anybody's going to know going into that first playoff game assuming the raiders win one of their next two games i'm not sure anybody really knows how good notre dame is I don't. I don't think so, and I, I think that's where we'll find out in the playoffs how good this team is, um, because they're not going to have to play their best to win in the, in the next two weeks. No, shouldn't um, have to. You don't. You don't think they so? Shouldn't, especially if the defense plays at the level it has against comparable competition. Right. You know, um, it's tough. It's tough to judge QNG's defense against a Muhammad Seymour and a Lutheran St. Charles. Yeah, because they're out man. They're, they they they're just they like start in those situations. Um, I know that last week when when uh, I talked to Jack Cornell and I, I asked him about the playoffs because they only have to win one of the next two games and he's like I'm not worried about the playoffs right now, which I think is an admirable way of looking at it. It's like I'm not worried about the playoffs because I feel like I've got to still get my team right. Um, yeah. I just don't know yeah, if I Notre Dame is. That. Uh, I, I, they have to come out and show something Friday night that they're more than just. Hey, we're going to get in the playoffs because we had our, our schedule played out that way, and we some of the teams we had on our schedule just didn't turn out to be not very good. Right. So I, I think they have they have a lot to prove the next two weeks in terms of we belong in the playoffs. We're good enough to be in the playoffs. We're good enough to win in the playoffs, and, and set themselves up for that. Now another team that kind of is in that situ- in that spot or, or in that situation. Camp Point Central. Now, Camp Point Central is sitting at six and one. They won the WIBC North, but their their last two regular season games are against teams with losing records, or were supposed to be. Well, oh, that's North right. Green, who was this week's opponent, backed out. They've got a bunch of injuries and players under uh, disciplinary uh, 
suspension, I would assume, the way the way the press release read. So they basically said, we don't want to play a varsity game this week because all we have are freshmen and sophomores, and we're worried about their safety. And I applaud the school for doing that, to be really quite honest. Yes. So, and, and everybody was in agreement that, okay, makes sense, let's do let's, well, Point Central found a replacement. Or did they t- the board did they find one? That played for a state championship in 2019 and is really good and state ranked in Moequa Central A and M. So Moequa Central A and M is coming to Camp Point, one o'clock Saturday afternoon. You get the number four team in Class One A against the number eight team in Class One A, and instead of rolling into the playoffs, basically going okay, we're not really getting tested the last couple of weeks, but we'll be ready for the playoffs. Now you're getting a playoff caliber game to ensure that you're ready for the playoffs. And and don't you don't you just want to like the next time you see Brad Dixon, kudos to Brad Dixon for going out yeah. and finding this game and saying, "Hey, let's go, let's play." I love that. Well, yeah, because there there are, there are coaches or administrators who would have said, "Let's see who's available." Okay, Malikwa Central A and M's available. There. Five and two, state ranked, really good program. And let's not play them. Let's let's go find see if we can find somebody of lesser quality just so we get through the week. Well, they could they could skip this game and find somebody else and say, yeah. well, we want to be eight and one, and we want a home playoff game. I mean, honestly, if 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 Central loses this game, they may have to hit the road for their first game. But I right. I think that sends such a good message to your to your kids. And to the program, this is about challenging yourselves. Let's go find a team that's going to make make us work hard. So, you know, even if the Panthers lose, I mean, to me, the only way that this comes out badly is if Mawika Central A&M just comes in and just crushes them. Okay, well, then maybe it wasn't such a good idea. But I don't think Central is going to get – I don't see that happening. No, I don't either. I I think Central is a pretty darn good team. I don't know if they're good enough to make a legitimate run toward, you know, a state semifinal or state championship game berth. But they've got a lot of really good pieces, um, and they've got experience up front. I, I think they're, of our Illinois area schools, they're probably the one that's best suited to do something in the postseason. Mm-hmm. What, about the the river, what about Unity? What about Unity? we got a team that just keeps rolling. Well, Hannibal just keeps rolling. I'm just curious. I'm curious yeah. about Unity. Unity was the one that I think pulled off the little bit of the shocker last week by beating Brown County. Well, they did, and, and they still got two really tough games to 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 get by the next couple weeks to make to see if they can get in the playoffs. But um, Brown County's struggling right now. They, mm-hmm. Their lack of depth is kind of showing, and the fact that their starting quarterback is injured really showed. Yeah. And uh, but but Unity a ton of credit. Give you a ton of credit for the way it's played all year, um, but they, they have found a way to to stay in games and then make plays late in games to win to win games. And I mean, Unity because because they've got some some home run hitters out of the backfield, and because they play such darn good defense at times, they could be a scary team if they get in the postseason. Two things out of Missouri. Number one, do we need to spend any more than ten seconds on Hannibal dominating the North Central Missouri Conference? No, because they're going to win. They're going to crush Marshall this week, win the win the conference title, and just they're just going to keep rolling. Right. The second one was, and I think I said last week, 
It was exciting for me to see Highland have a chance to prove itself. Well, they, they, Highland beat Palmyra last week. Um, somebody stopped in our office. I don't know. They brought, dropped off something for Bob, and, and, he, and he was a Highland grad or a Clarence Cannon Conference follower or whatever, and he said that he thought it was the first time in over 30 years that Highland had beaten Palmyra, and that's not a bad Palmyra team by any shape uh, or form. I mean, good, good on for the, the Cougars. Yeah, I, I think the fact the, the job Dave DeGarmo has done there and turning that program around um, has been impressive because you got to go back to the Doug Wilson days to find when you had a good Highland team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and the a name I threw out yesterday when we were kind of talking about this stuff, um, Lorenza Abbey. You know, and we're we're talking thirty years ago now. We're we're starting to get to that point twenty five. 25 years ago, 30 years ago, and and now you're seeing guys. Now it helps to have the athletes they have. They have, they have four all state sprinters. Yeah, for playing football, uh, you know, you, you throw those guys on the field. That helps, that makes a big difference. It, it, it that for for sure does. Well, I saw your your play of the week that we we yeah. posted on Muddy River Sports. You know, uh, uh, basically a quarterback three step drop lobs it up down the right side and lets a guy go run underneath it. So I mean, uh, that's and, and, and what it does is it creates a really unique scenario because next week you will have Highland playing host of Monroe City, and those will be the top two teams in in the Class One district. So you get a district the week before district start, your top two teams in the in the district face off with against each other, which could potentially then lead to a rematch if both would play through the district the way right. it would. So I mean. Highland has set itself up to do something special this year, but they're going to have to. They're going to have to win that second match. I mean, let's yeah. just let's just assume Monroe City is going to come out of its side of the of the district bracket. It would be that would be a fun matchup to see those two teams get back together for, for in the postseason. What else is going? Any any other football we need to talk about? Because I want to get off the air with you, and I want to find out what the heck's going on with with Mike Schilt. Well, I- <laughs> I'm with you. I, 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 uh, while I'm sitting here, while we've been chatting, I flipped over to the Major League MLB Network, and now, now I'm intrigued. Now I want to jump on Twitter and see what the because you know Twitter's going nuts at the moment. Oh gosh! So no, I, th- I think we're trying for uh, week eight. It's, it's winding down. You'll be at Quincy High School, correct? That is correct. Have fun with that one. Well, I hope I hope it turns out the way that I expect it to turn out, which is Quincy yeah. wins handily. Um, yeah. You know that's that would be that that's that's my 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 wish. You know, nothing against the Pioneers. It sounds like they're having a really rough season, but Quincy needs that one to set up. Essential. It could be a winner take all. You know, loser leaves town match uh, uh, next week in Rock Island when the Blue Devils travel up to go play the Rocks. That would be awesome. I mean, that would be awesome if. if and they should. They should be four and four going up there. And Who's Rock Island got this week? What a great scenario! Who does Rock Island play this week? Geneseo. Okay. That's. Oh yeah, you said that earlier. Well, yeah, Rocky so. should be then five and if three. Geneseo, if Geneseo can pull, pull pull off an upset, I mean, it's, it's four and three against three and four. So if Geneseo could beat Rocky, right? Both Quincy and Rocky both would be four and four then. Yeah. All right. Get healthy, big boy. Will do. I'll see you this weekend. All right.
For David Adam, I'm Muddy River Sports Editor Matt Shuck, and this has been another episode of What the Shuck. Have a great Friday night.